0: You're listening to Plan B Podcast. The opinions expressed and shared on this podcast are of our own. Welcome to Plan B.sg.
1: We are 5 months into this pandemic. More than 150,000 people have died.
2: Generally, this is what the science is showing. And granted, initially early on, there was a bit
0: of confusion as to what you need and what you no, didn't. Need. That, guy <laughs> demanded that he should store for Liverpool a goal the enemy, <laughs>
2: love,
0: Welcome to Plan B.SG, i Zari Smile. And I'm Darren Mark. And I am Rama. Mm, today, mm. really interesting uh, topic that yes. we are going to be talking about. Yes. I think this has been on our mind for uh, quite some time. Months, actually. Yeah, months, months. Mm. Uh, and I think... Uh, our friends who are in the studio, yes. uh, they managed to free up some time for today. Yeah, yeah, We'd yeah, like yeah. to we, thank them as well.
3: We have some pretty uh, accredited people actually among us yeah, tell in us. our studio today. Uh, we have Dr. Gerard Eng and Dr. Maik Lee from IMH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we're here to talk about something actually quite serious. Yeah, like. I mean, I know I'm like kind of smiling about it. Yeah, me too.
4: So this is actually an extreme, extremely somber topic. Mm, it and, is, yeah. Uh, it is something we have to talk about and we have to address and I think... It'll be, it'll be something that our listeners definitely can benefit from.
0: Mm, I think uh, touching on world news, uh, recently the tech sector has been laying off a lot of people yep. yeah, uh, yeah. around the world. And of course, uh, some of our listeners have shared uh, their close brush with almost getting retrenched. Some of mm-hmm. them are already retrenched, uh, grappling about the inflation that is projected to be higher yep. in the future. GST is coming, and mm-hmm. cost of living is increasing uh a lot of things is happening yeah uh, domestically as well um and of course all of this add to a lot of mental stress, stress correct. Yeah. um and people have been reaching out we have had uh, on other verticals uh agony sessions where mm-hmm. people call in and very interestingly uh a lot of people share a lot of their problems right and are very open in sharing Unfortunately, we're not experts in yep. uh, giving solutions mm-hmm. and I think uh, one way, one step forward is to, is to actually engage experts to be on board our platforms Correct. to
3: yes. speak about it. And yeah. so we have experts. Uh, so these two experts uh, with us today, we're going to be talking about suicide. Mm. So Dr, Dr. Ng and Dr. Maithili, they're currently doing uh, research mm-hmm. on this topic. Uh, but why don't you introduce yourselves, doctors? Hello, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, hi, I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maitli and I work as the Assistant Chairman Medical Board of Research at the Institute of Mental Health. Mm-hmm. I've been doing research in the field of mental health for over 20 years now. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, my research is both quantitative as in I do large epidemiological surveys to establish prevalence of various mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also talk to people to understand, uh, to deep dive into some of the um issues surrounding either mental health or even mental wellness uh, yeah so that's me in a nutshell
3: wow 20 years that's a very uh, very long time but mm. i mean has all those 20 years been with imh or have you uh, worked served in other um capacities yeah. um
1: mm. largely in imh i did uh, try to leave imh and i did uh, <laughs> why um
4: <laughs> try to so not effective try what, to, what a thing to, to. say <laughs>
1: yeah uh, Well, research is an area where life is very dependent upon funding, Um, Mm -hmm. and there was a time when we didn't have quite a lot of funding. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I've worked in uh, SingHealth for a very short period of time. i worked Mm -hmm. in A-Star, but uh, honestly, my passion is in mental health, and so I came back to IMH, yeah, I think past 15 years, I've just been there.
3: Wow. And Doctor, you've actually been with us before, right? We, we have spoken before on this show, mm, yeah. Yep, the last time I was here, I was probably wearing
5: the head of a child psychiatrist,
3: yeah. Mm. Yes. And you gave fantastic
4: input on like which our listeners loved, uh, yeah, bringing okay, up children and all that, yeah.
5: Uh, I think since then, I've been sort of promoted, I'm now the chief of the emergency services. Nice. Wow, congrats. Yeah, nice, congrats! So, my previous job, I was running the child inpatient unit at IMH lah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm almost 20 years in psychiatry. Wow. Um, My other life, I was a military psychiatrist.
4: Wow. I was with the
5: SAF. Yeah, for a period of time.
4: So, do you see a lot of people trying to get out of NS?
5: I see them now in the emergency room. Oh.
4: Okay. Hey. Not, not getting out of NS.
5: Uh-huh. NSF in distress. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But emergency, that means you you see a lot more acute uh, cases, is it? Acute. Uh, whereas, uh, my Tilly study focus, I mean, she's going to talk about that uh on next of kin of uh, mm-hmm. persons who completed suicide mm-hmm. uh, in my day-to-day job we see a lot of people who attempt suicide or have oh. suicidal thoughts and we interview them <coughs> and we also interview their family members and, and sometimes their friends so it's um from a different angle would we say that people who attempt suicide and people who completed suicide are different mm-hmm. so, so that's what we I think maybe the study can show us
3: oh, oh interesting mm-hmm. wow so
4: okay so i uh, I just think that suicide, right, until now, mm. it is still something that is somewhat taboo. You no, know? people don't want to talk about it so much. It Your
3: generation, ah,
4: hey, bro, it doesn't even get reported in the newspapers as much, mm. right? I mean, there's a reason why, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a reason, mm. but you know, um, <sighs> denial's not gonna push it away right mm-hmm. Denial's not gonna make it go away we need to understand and we need to look at why this is something that's so prevalent but mm. but as a society why do you think it's such a taboo topic why do you think that people don't want to talk about it don't want to address
3: it and do you think there's a generational gap because i mean like as much as i can kind of hear where raman is coming from yeah i also get this feeling that like among younger people it's it's a lot less That like personally i i feel like you know, me, my peers, we're a lot more open to talking about it. Like it's not it's not like something that we'll run away from in in, in that sense. Mm-hmm.
1: I I think there are different reasons, but uh, I, I, like Raman, believe that there is uh, some sensitivity and mm-hmm. some amount of reluctance when it mm-hmm. comes to discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually take a lecture in the uh, School of Public Health where I say suicide is an S-word. Ah. We don't like to talk much about it very openly. Mm-hmm. And I think there are several reasons for it. I think one of the reasons is that uh, there is still a fear among people that mm-hmm. if you talk about suicides in some way that, you know, you may actually end up um, encouraging the person to, to die by suicide. Uh, mm. that, that Sometimes that's a feeling that you think too much about it or you talk too much about it. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to think like that. You want to do that. Uh, which is really not true. The other part of it, I also feel that there is still a stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like especially talking about someone else's suicide when they are Mm. a family member Mm -hmm. because um, unfortunately people sometimes tend to see a person who has died by suicide as someone who is weak or someone who has taken a way easy way out Um, it may also be that people may see the other family members as more likely to die by you know to do something similar Mm -hmm. and so there may not be Uh, the family member may not be willing to come forward and talk about it uh, always Um, but then to agree with you I think uh, in the younger generation they are breaking that taboo people Mm -hmm. are more open Uh, but I still think that um, some people are just very um, uh,
3: sensitive about it
1: or or very unwilling to be open and talk about it in Mm. fact I do feel that if they talked about it it would be easier to help them
3: Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Because I mean, the thing is, so I've I've actually uh, been been faced with a couple of uh, situations before regarding suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, and I mean, I've have shared this before. But personally, yeah. I have tried uh, suicide. I mean, I've obviously failed, but a few times, and I landed in hospital because of that. Because I mean, I had mm-hmm. I had depression, very severe depression earlier on in my life, and it wasn't just me. Like there were few other people in my life as well yeah. that went through similar things. So I could see for. In in with my own eyes, basically the kind of devastation that even a failed suicide can wreck, you know, and and much less something that actually succeeds or something that actually goes through and you actually lose a loved one. Because I have, I mean, so this is a childhood friend, I guess you can say, primary school mate. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly close to him, but I was I was there at the funeral. So he he, I mean, killed himself, and and that was it made the news. Like his story made the news, and mm-hmm. the mother just broke down the mother just couldn't even stand Mm. and it was heartbreaking to see that kind of of impact that it can have but i mean it's it's just i mean so so definitely you know like from what you're saying i can i can definitely see how it's so difficult to talk about it because the the event itself can render you unable to walk to even Mm. stand up you know much less wanting to revisit it after everything has settled but i mean so so in terms of the research right like what have you what, are some of the trends that you've seen so far, because from what we've said earlier on that you have actually done some interviews regarding this topic already, you have spoken with some uh, next of kin. Are there like some themes or general ideas that come out of this?
1: Uh, But before I get into my themes, uh, I would Mm -hmm. just like to highlight that uh, recently in 2022, there was uh, something what we call a systematic review and a meta-analysis. That's a big word. But basically what it means is instead of just depending upon one study, right, where the number of people are very small, and hence my results would not be something that you could always believe, Mm -hmm. what happens in a systematic review is you get a large number of studies together, Mm -hmm. which have explored a similar topic, and Mm -hmm. you say, okay, what are the common themes? Let's me at that right that gives more uh, kind of evidence to the whole thing and people believe in that kind of study more than a small study which has just looked at 20 people which is where I am right now so Mm -hmm. that's why I'm kind of clarifying that Mm -hmm. and if you look at these uh, this systematic review which came out just this year in a in one of the BMJ journals Uh, basically what they said is there are uh, three i mean there are many factors for suicide right there are more than 30 factors like which are fairly common Mm. um but in adults they said that there are three main themes the first theme is um social Mm. so social isolation is a big thing Um, Mm -hmm. it could be for an older adult we all know that it could also be for a young person Uh, he's in college he doesn't get along with other people suddenly there's a huge change from where he's come from it could be at the place of work where this person is just different from the others and he feels that nobody is talking to me and Mm -hmm. everybody is like you know i'm being excluded Mm -hmm. so that sense of belongingness is not there so the social Mm -hmm. isolation is a big thing the other thing is something which you kind of alluded to in your opening statement unemployment Mm -hmm. uh for various reasons right not just financial but it is it For a lot of us, employment gives us a sense of purpose. It's a security blanket in some Mm. ways for whatever we are. And when Mm. that is suddenly taken away, people sometimes struggle a lot to kind of, you know, come to terms with it. Um, And then there are, of course, uh, factors which which I would just call clinical factors. Okay. under which you have mental health conditions. And um, as you said, depression is commonly uh, one of the conditions which is associated with uh, suicidal thoughts Mm, mm. and even, uh, unfortunately, suicidal attempts and completed suicides. And that's mainly because, again, the person feels very hopeless and helpless. Uh, He doesn't realize that it's, you know, once he comes out of this very dark place, you know, there are good things. Because at that point, he can't see it or he can't sense it. Um, previous history of suicidal attempts is another big risk factor. So if somebody has tried it before, unfortunately, they are at an increased risk. Mm. And then um, the other one, which, uh, you know, we don't think about, it's not associated with mental health conditions or anything, but a very severe adverse life event. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, relationship breaks down, right? Your mm. It could be young person, boyfriend, girlfriend, yep. marital oh. strife, which happens, academic <laughs> failure, something which is like, So traumatic and just hits you and you feel, okay, this is it, the end, you know, I don't see a way out of it right now. Mm. Um, so all these three large themes can lead to suicide. Right. Um, and we are seeing exactly the same thing. Yeah, I I was was gonna say
3: that because I mean the first one that you mentioned, right? Social isolation, we just came out of COVID period. And yeah. during that period, I think it was a highly isolating period. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I think Zao, you've mentioned before, Yeah, right? We mentioned about uh, increasing
0: trends of domestic abuse during mm-hmm. uh, the social isolation that mm. uh, people uh, went through. And I don't know, I'm thinking with uh, the economic recession coming has been up, projected right? to happen yeah. next year, I don't know whether it's true or not, uh, but it seems likely to happen. Yeah. Uh, such occurrences might happen and when uh, people lose their uh, income, we're, we're looking at marital strife that might happen and uh, more added stress to relationships. Mm. So that being mentioned, like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a first responder but because we have programs where we engage with audience, what are some things that we can say to people that we know in the case that they have they have had
5: suicidal thoughts? Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Jared, you want
5: to take that? Yeah. So I think it's important to have an open and honest conversation about it. No? I think mm. As what raman said sometimes it's taboo people don't want to talk about it yeah. and as a result when even if you know someone is in distress we don't ask because mm-hmm. we, we are scared of the yeah. answer but what if they tell me that they are suicidal what should i do mm-hmm. so i think if you want to address this you want to talk about this you have to be prepared you have to be prepared to listen mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to spend time mm-hmm. it's very very trivializing if you ask someone about their suicidal thought they are ready to open up and talk to you mm-hmm. And you are uh, always looking at the clock. You have no time. You have to yeah, sit yeah, there yeah. and listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Figure so out the, your role. I'm just going to like uh, interject for a while. Like yeah. some, of the, some of the things that I've heard people <clears throat> talking about whenever people want to open about suicides, like don't think too much about it. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. probably like you, you are not in the right mind to talk about it. I think of doing something else. That They always try to push yeah, sure. uh, for you to right? do a trivialize. And, and this happens a lot
5: yeah and usually these are uh, caregivers and friends who don't have bad intentions yeah. mm-hmm. they may even say things like uh, other people are much worse off than you why are you yes. feeling this way mm-hmm. uh, do you or they try to guilt not guilt trip but say things like do you know your mother would be very sad if you had done something mm-hmm. i think these are not very helpful this yeah. may make the person actually feel worse yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. because that's what my tili said they are already feeling like they don't belong they are a burden and you add on this kind of stress to them okay that may be the tipping point which is actually something very important in in suicide because different ones of us have got different tipping points the stress that push you over the edge really depends on how close you are to that tipping point Mm. i have seen very resilient people who would go through very tough things in their life child abuse Mm. they survive a war and everything and and they're Mm. okay but there are some people who would have a break and they decided that this is it. But it has to do with individual factors, yep. their mm. resilience, and how close they are to the tipping point, right? Mm. So, so, this is the
3: part that everyone needs to
5: Respect understand, blood,
3: right? In, in a way, because, mm. I mean, like you say, different people have different tipping points. So, you cannot base it on somebody else's or your own That's right. Experience. We always base it on our own, you no, so yeah.
4: so on that note, right, and uh, on Zha's question, yeah. how do you handle uh, these kind of situations? You see, I just want to share with you two two of my personal experiences. I have a friend who's, uh, I feel he's attention-seeking, right? Uh, When we were growing up, every two months or so, he'll say he's going to commit suicide. I mean, I've had to wake up at 2am to drive to his house to pick him up and go to the hospital because he says he's consumed like two bottles full of Panadol, you know, Mm -hmm. and after a while it gets annoying because it's just uh over and over again of threats for suicide and it never actually happens because he's just seeking attention so on the one hand i have that experience and on a, on the other hand i have uh, i had a friend uh and i knew this friend of mine was going through depression for some time uh she was in a very bad state in her life very bad relationship and and it was um she, I, I knew she was down in the dumps, but I never said anything, right? Hmm. And I remember one day I was going, I went to a restaurant to have lunch, and I saw her, this friend of mine, at this restaurant, and she was very bright and bubbly and cheery and happy, and she said hi to me, and she said, and then I asked how are you? I heard you were, you, you know, in a bad situation, and then uh, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy now, things are okay, uh, and after that I had my meal and I left the restaurant, and I remember when I left the restaurant, I told myself, hey. I didn't go and say goodbye to that friend. You know, mm. when you leave, you say bye to a friend, right? Uh, but I told myself, it's okay lah. Anyway, she seems fine. And I regretted it. Regret it till today because the next day, she committed suicide. She actually did it. Yeah. So, uh, how do you actually... Hand- and, and I was bummed for days when when I when I thought to myself, I could have gone in to say goodbye. Uh, but I never did. So, how do you tell and and how do you temper your reaction to people around you who may be going through this? Because it's a real thing and many people... I mean, we are in a state of yeah. flux. We are in a situation where our economy sucks. Our uh, income is, yeah. is... is If you
3: read the news, uh, la, right? like Yeah, a yeah, terrible we are time like, to be...
4: And we have been in a consistent state of gloom since uh, February 2020. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to prep ourselves for this for people around us? And how do we protect ourselves from entering into a dark place like that?
5: Okay. I mean, the... Uh, two anecdotes that you raise is not uncommon. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we see people who make suicide threats all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they get the family to bring them to the hospital. Sometimes the police get involved. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes they would post something on social media and a friend would read it, get alarm, call the police. they yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the hospital, we take every suicide threat seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, why would this person need to make suicide threats in order to get attention there's Mm -hmm. many other ways to get attention so there must be some emotional or psychological issue that needs some unraveling Mm. the the problem with the person keep on doing is that the problem is not unraveled yet Mm. so sometimes it needs a therapist sometimes it needs a professional counselor Mm -hmm. friends caregivers are extremely burnt out imagine you are burnt out with just having to go once every few months to this friend's house. Mm -hmm. Imagine the parents staying with this friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Every day, they'll be, Mm -hmm. is my daughter going to be alive? Mm -hmm. So we always try our best to support the caregivers uh, because the parents' family are more important. Friends, I suppose friends can leave. Mm -hmm. The parents will be there forever. So we support them. And we tell them to take it seriously. In fact, um, all these non-suicidal self-injurious behavior are known predictors of future suicide attempt and they are at a greater risk of dying from suicide later on when they
3: grow up. Oh. Yeah. But, well, but how to not get numb? Because, I mean, the thing is, right, like, I mean, so what, what, what Raman was sharing, I, I know my fair share of people like that as well. Mm-hmm. And and that there, there does come a point where, mm-hmm. I mean, so this is coming from somebody who knows how severe it can get, right. right? But even I can't help but feel sometimes that it, it there's a numbing effect. Because if it happens, you know, every single time, then even if you know how serious it, it can be, mm-hmm. a part of you just goes like, I, I cannot deal with this anymore. How, how do you manage that? So, so your own self-care is important. You need
5: to know your limit and you need to know and maybe when, when your friend or, or family member is in a better state of mind to have that open and honest discussion.
0: Yeah.
5: Ask them what do they actually need? Do they actually need a listening ear? Or mm. do they need a problem solver? Because these two are very quite, quite different and tell mm. tell them that okay um True. i feel this way mm-hmm. uh, maybe for the next few months i can only be a listener i can't be a problem solver uh, I'm, I'm sorry for that now and then just had a discussion i think uh, people appreciate that and importantly the person would you need to have a relationship with right, that person. Right. Otherwise, you know, this is really not going to work. And you the person
3: can, wouldn't even approach you in the first place. True, and you, know? and you can set expectations That's in right. some yes. way, right? Because this theme of, you know, problem solver versus listening ear, mm-hmm. I realize it's actually a very, like you say it's a major one. Because huh? yeah. oftentimes people go in not knowing that I'm just here to be a listening ear.
4: What's the difference?
3: How do you differentiate? I mean, like, over the years, like, I've come to realize in my own relationship with, with people that I, I tend to be a problem solver. I'm not like a, the best just listener kind of person because mm-hmm. I just automatically gravitate towards have you tried this? Have you, Like can we solve this problem? But I've come to realize Not everybody needs that. Sometimes that makes things worse actually because yeah. mm. you keep trying to give solutions and the person's just like can you just shut mm. up? I just want to let it
4: out. Yeah, actually. So we've had a conversation about this. Like, I mean, I know personally for me as a person When I need to rant, I don't want somebody trying to shove solutions down my throat. (laughs) I just want you to shut up and listen. And then at the end of it, I will come up with my own problems. Uh, Sorry, my (laughs) own solutions (laughs) to the problems, right? But how do you vacillate between the two, especially when you're facing someone who is at a place where they may potentially be exploring suicide? You know what I mean? Or considering it. Like, how do you how do you temper yourself? Uh, am I supposed to give problems? Uh, give the solution, or am I supposed to like just hear this person out? What do I do? You can yes. ask what.
5: Yeah. So yeah. you can ask, and and you must have a relationship with this person. It's not a random stranger that you try to have this conversation with, and you really don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. But if this is a friend, this is someone you care for, you love. Mm-hmm. It's easier to have that. But how, yeah. how how do you know they're telling the truth? You can't. So so this is the part about uh, talking to someone who may be entertaining suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's what we do as well when we when we see patients for treatment, for therapy. We don't doubt them. We don't think that they are trying to create attention. Mm-hmm. We take them seriously. So sometimes to the extent that uh, because we also run a 24-hour hotline service,
3: mm-hmm.
5: callers get really upset when we call the police on them. Mm, but we tell them that we have no choice. You, you can't call up a suicide crisis line mm, mm. tell us that you're very suicidal and you hang up the phone mm, mm. we would do our due diligence and we would we would need to inform the police that because our intention is to save a life okay. right okay yeah. so
4: so it's in- interesting you said that you know when covid just hit and everything was was uh, we had the circuit breaker right so that was a tough time So, I remember somewhere in the second month of the circuit breaker, uh, somebody called me and because of my profession, I'm a lawyer. This guy called me and he said, "Uh, do you know when these regulations are going to end? And Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know why. And he said, I need to go back to Batam. My whole family is in Batam. I'm living here alone in Singapore in a one-room rental flat. Uh, It is so, uh, what do you call this, claustrophobic. I feel so uh, caught up in my own environment. He said he wanted to commit suicide. And I didn't know what to do about it. So I said, look, I, I really don't know when the rules are gonna change, but we've got to hang tight and wait for that. And I put down the phone and it, th- that was it, right? And I waited. Uh and I waited and I thought to myself, how are this fella I didn't know what to do. So I waited and thankfully about two months later, he called me again. Right? He called me again and he said, uh uh I, I'm I'm I really cannot take it anymore. You know, I look at the fan and I feel like hanging myself on the fan. He said that to me. So, I say, okay, this is it, man. You know, I'm not going to waste time. So, I called SOS, I think. Mm. And then, but they said they couldn't do anything because of COVID. So, I called the police. And I told the police, look, this is what this fella said to me. This is number. Do what you will. Uh, that's all I can do. And okay. and they did take him to, to, to IMH. Yeah. And uh, I mean... Pff- for all intents and purposes he could have met you I don't know but yeah. uh, but but I remember the doctor at IMH calling me and asking me what exactly he said to me
2: okay.
4: and and I, I said look I'm, I don't intend to get this guy into trouble or anything like that but I would have that guilt on my sh- shoulders for the rest of my life if I didn't do anything about it so I said to the doctor this is exactly what he said to me and that's why I felt I had to call mm-hmm. the police but
5: how do you I mean so what has been very helpful is that I think in 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 January of 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Suicide was decriminalized. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's 2020. Suicide was decriminalized. Mm. In the past, Mm -hmm. when you call the police, the police will come to your house, arrest you, handcuff you, Mm -hmm. bring you back to the station for interview, interrogation, and after that, bring you to IMH. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what happens now is that if the police is informed about someone who is suicidal, they will go to the person's house, no handcuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Accompany the person to IMH. Straight. And, okay. right we, there, no mm. and right now we there's no records and right now there's even a team that we have if the police will call us and my nurses will go on site together with the police wow. to do the mental health assessment because we want to reduce the stigma
1: mm-hmm. of,
5: of the person being yeah. brought to the hospital imagine all your neighbors are going to see you being led out by the police whether yeah. handcuffed or not mm. they are going to say something so mm. now instead we have this service
3: where the nurses can go down. Mm-hmm. Did that yeah. add to the stigma? Because I do remember this, like this, this fear of police getting involved because of the arrest mm. aspect of this, because of the criminal mm. aspect of this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like yeah, that I mean, must have that that will stigma, build up right? to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the, the 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 fact that you know, like you said just now, we do have this stigma. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that led to it, at least in some part. Mm. Thankfully, it's gone, now, But I mean, I, I don't yeah. know if people are aware actually, because like you say, it's quite recent, right? Relatively recent that this uh, change happened mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. a year plus um but just wanted to kind of add on to what you said uh, mm-hmm. right raman mm-hmm. um let us say that you um, hindsight you say wow i overreacted mm-hmm. this guy could have you know he wouldn't have done it right so it's a bit embarrassing like it's embarrassing for you to face the person because mm-hmm. you put him in that situation it yeah. might be a bit embarrassing for that person because you did this to him mm-hmm. But then if things had turned otherwise, right, if he had done something, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'd have lived with the guilt for a longer time, right? Mm -hmm. So the family would have been also upset. Ah, he did, you know, tell you, why didn't you do something about it? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel... It is okay to overreact. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. okay to kind of, you know, if something in your thing tells you, like maybe something even with your other friend, they tell mm-hmm. you that, you know, she wasn't doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you had just talked to her, maybe she would have said something. Maybe she wouldn't have said something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. Like when I wasn't working in the mental health field, um, one of my biggest things was that if I asked them, mm-hmm. you know, Uh, Would they get angry with me? Would they like react in a way? Would I lose the friendship because I've asked this taboo question to them? You Mm -hmm. know, are you so upset that are you thinking about something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think uh, we have to get past the embarrassment and Mm -hmm. say, okay, this is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. may or may not be saving a life, but I think I would rather err on the side of caution and ask it uh, Mm -hmm. and do it.
0: We're going to be taking a short break right now and we will return with more uh, sharing with our friends from IMH in a while. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. We interrupt this program to bring you...
3: This podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends from the Bravo Realtors. Uh, yes, so if you want to call them for your property health check, do so at this number. That's 8100-2300. I repeat, that's 8100-2300. Alternatively, you can also find them on their IG. That's at the Bravo Realtors.
0: We are with our friends from the Bravo Realtors in the studio. Mm. We're talking about interest rates.
3: Yeah, uh, yes. We're gonna uh, yeah. We're gonna talk about interest rates because mm-hmm. uh, it just came out in the news recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, all okay. Not all time high. I was corrected. Apparently, it's not all time high. <laughs> yeah. but highest in a very long time. Yeah. yeah. So it's, highest in how long
2: actually? No, it's about I think four point three. The highest. Oh, uh huh.
3: Four point three. Yo. Four point three
4: fixed. no it's, it's, fix. there are no more fixed rates. Right? No more. No more fixed. So floating it's, is at four point three now. Yes. Like no, not? no, floating is not 4.3, uh-huh.
2: the, You still can think,
6: get a fix for one first... Uh, not not long term. For nah. two years. Oh, there's still, still, still... fix yes, yes. But yes. not local bank? Uh. Um, now, it's, you know, DBS, you still have a fi- fix. DBS, you still have a fix. OCBC, you still have a fix. But so, what... you can get a fix for the first two years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes.
4: I yeah. thought DBS was the first one who... They
6: used to have a five years fix. Ice. That one is abolished. Four, four years fix or so is abolished already. Oh. Yes, so now it's only two years. So, most of the banks still have two years fix. What's the rate at two years? it's 4.3, 4.3. oh
4: yeah. my god
2: yeah. Yeah. so oh,
6: see, i but have, have so the have... i have the article oh.
4: here fix fix
6: they have yeah fix. It's, uh, it's just that, uh, i think it's,
2: it's just that dbs got offer right
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, at 2.6 okay uh-huh. but specifically only for 2005 salary and below
4: oh uh, okay slightly above also
2: you can't get that rate.
4: You'll still go 4.3. Yeah.
2: 2.6 is of course HDB so rate. So for la. husband
6: and wife, you need to have a cap per person of 2,500. So technically, your loan is about 250, 260. I see. Yeah, and you can get that 2.6%. I see. So this how will is this affect, how yeah, this they, affect yeah, people?
3: The, the, the article here says that it is the highest in almost two decades. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> almost 20 years. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so what, what does so how? Mean? Mean? Yeah, what does this mean for buyers yeah. and sellers?
2: Okay, for this one, right? Normally, people would uh, only see the whole lump sum of payment. Yeah. Okay. Example, 500,000. Uh-huh. If your in interest rate at about uh, 4.3, is about 2,000 to 2,003. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, they say, okay, I can afford this 2,000 to 2,003. Mm. But once you see the table or the amortization table, right? Uh-huh. It will be about 1,000... Thousand, uh, five thousand seven, they're just the interest.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Mm. Principal will be less than one thousand.
3: Mm. Yeah, you showed me just now, right? Like yeah. you have this fancy app or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so, so people don't see this, mm-hmm. right? But how do you counter this to increase the principal? Mm. Is to reduce the tenor. I mm. think that's how I and, yeah, and I you, show, you him, show him, right? Me, yep. So if we reduce to maybe 10 years, you're okay. probably paying four thousand plus, almost close to five. Yeah. But your principal will be three thousand plus. Mm-hmm. And your interest will be about thousand plus. Okay.
4: okay. So
2: you if you need to see the table, then you understand how to overcome a high interest. The uh-huh.
4: amortization table. Yeah.
2: Right? Mm. People definitely will say, hey, how how am I supposed to uh, afford paying, you know, four thousand or five thousand? Mm. And that is where when we always talk about buffer, the CPF mm. buffer that we have inside, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, that that is the reason we always talk about you have to keep your CPF buffer inside.
4: So you know for at least the next two years, you still have CPF savings to dip into yes. to support yes, that payment. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, but now, uh,
6: now I ask you, ah, uh, mm-hmm. you always say don't use too much CPF. Then how? <laughs> yeah. So that, this is why uh-huh. you use your CPF okay, to help okay. you. The reason why interest rate is high is because of the economy is not doing so good, right? Yeah. You are sure. trying to fight inflation. Okay. So as much as you can, you want to have some kind of disposable income mm-hmm. so uh-huh. if you follow Kamal strategy you're going to use a lot of your cash reserves or your cpf reserves. so you can choose anyway it's either you have a cash emergency fund or a cpf emergency fund mm-hmm. right. so if you want to have more cash in your pocket then use your cpf to fight this increase in interest rate uh-huh. if you the the main point is not to increase your tenor because why you will be paying lesser principal so if let's say after five years or after three years and you think you want to sell your house, you will look at your outstanding loan balance like as if it did not move at all. Mm. Oh. So you don't want to fall into that trap. But True. you, when you look at the amount that you are paying per month, it's actually lesser. Mm-hmm. So majority of people, when they look at that, they will be like, okay, I can save more money although because interest rate is high, I want to pay lesser so that I can have more cash in my pocket. Mm. They extend the tender when they do a refinancing. Right. But they did not understand that your outstanding loan did not move. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. So you must know what are your strategies you want to take. If mm-hmm. you want to finish, if that is your, ten, you are running an outstanding loan on your last house. You want to retire. You just want to finish off paying. Then I suggest you increase your principal amount. Then you can reduce the tenure. If you are, have maybe about ten years left, if you can finish it in the next six years, you do you do that. So mm-hmm. you will save a lot more interest. It could be like fifty thousand, forty thousand on interest. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of money that you save actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's your last house, right? Yeah. But if you plan to sell in the next two years my suggestion would be get into a fixed rate because if you, you, you want some kind of certainty in these mm. uncertain moments. Mm. Right, right, right. So get yourself in a fixed rate. At mm. least you know for one year you're paying 4.3 and you know how to manage that. Whether you right. want to use your CPF or you're going to use your cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I think I, that's very important.
3: So I actually wanted to ask because you know, we keep talking about interest rates and even when it comes to uh, CPF, right, like yep. you also talk about interest a lot. Yes. Are they the same rates? like CPF interest and bank rates for, for these loans? Are they going if by If you same take
6: rates? a loan from HDB, it's still 2.6. So, if you're going to use your CPF to pay, that will be an additional 2.5. So, okay. if you're going to pay 4.3% and you're going to use your CPF, mm. it's 4.3% plus 2.5. Ayo. It will only oh. affect you if you do a transaction of selling. that you have to pay back whatever you use in your CPF plus the accrued interest back to your cpf. Right, 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 right. So they are actually yes. different. Yeah. Okay. So do I wanna you, ask, uh-huh. yeah. what does it mean for consumers right now, right?
4: We know interest rates are on the high. Mm-hmm. Uh we know there's a recession looming on the on the horizon which, which yep. may or may not materialize. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you help your customers decide on whether they're going to sell or wait? What is the discerning factor? Okay.
2: I think this is where we need to come in to really do a proper calculation. Because mm. this is the question that you're asking. This is uh, the question that we began thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. should I sell or should I stay? Yeah. So, of course, we need to see how much CPF have they been using for the house currently. Mm. Mm. If we can restructure it for the next house, then we should do it. Yep. Yeah. So, but of course, the strategy is to plan your uh, retirement mm. or plan your exit plan. So, you know what where you're going. Yep. there are also clients that we don't recommend to sell mm. so we do recommend you know uh, you need to do refinance you know or probably you need to stay here you can't move if you move this this thing happen, it will be more much more worse mm. yeah wow. the, the,
6: the problem is those people who are dependent on their CPF for their monthly mortgage and mm. they only have reserve for the next maybe one year mm. and now there is there's an increase of 4.3 percent mm. from maybe 3.5 right mm. so probably like a few hundred dollars. So, that will eat up in your reserves, right? So, yep. from one year, it will be maybe like eight months now. Whoa. So, once after eight months, what do you do you when your CPF do? is now zero? <laughs> you have to pay the balance in cash. Yeah. Oh. So, and what happens if you lose your job? What happens if you had to pay cut? When you get layoff? And all these things. So, you want to protect whatever you have today. Understand the numbers first before you think about selling or even buying. Mm. Do
3: you see that? I mean, like with, with the clients that you're dealing with on a daily, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you see that that... Moment of realization when when you show them the numbers and then they realize oh wow I am I I I made a mistake when when I first started this like, I didn't think this through most properly. of them actually... yeah most
2: most of most yeah. of them because due to that also because of the high interest right okay imagine that we are calculating uh for a client today mm-hmm. okay it will take probably three four months to complete
3: mm-hmm. due
2: to the high interest right the the proceed that they are getting today and due in the three four months it will be three to four thousand difference wow because of the interest why mm. I say that because I we just finished a case the the uh, difference is about fa- almost five thousand
4: uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. because of the interest they were quite surprised Chai, how come you calculate this much uh, because whenever we do any presentation I will always put a date uh-huh. because due to the date and our Completion would be about three, four months, right? There's a big difference because of the interest. Mm.
0: Oh my. So have these conversations with your property agents from The Bravo yes. Realtors right now yep. uh, through these social media platforms. That's right.
3: You don't want to be one of those people thinking, oh, I made a bad mistake. So call them at this number. That's 8100-2300. I repeat, that's 8100-2300. Alternatively, you can also find them on their IG. And that's at The Bravo Realtors.